Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey gang, hope you're enjoying 2024 so far, but guess what? You can enjoy it that little bit more if you follow our advice here at the NC Show. You know our friends at College Football Island who put on college games every summer in Dublin. Well, they're back. And we're back this summer, Florida State, Georgia Tech, August 24th. We are going to be there. The big question is, are you? If you head on over to collegefootballisland.com, you can register interest right now. We're going to put the link in the show notes too. So you can just click on that if that's easier for you. Um, Info will be sent to you about how you get tickets, how you get those locked in and come and join the party. I tell you what. It is one of the best football experiences I've ever had. And we've doubled down year on year and we're going back again for more. So me, Propo, Ben, hey, we might even drag Carlson with us this year. We're going to be there. The big question is, are you? Get involved. Collegefootballisland.com. Welcome to the Nat Coombs Show. It's Fitzdares, Edge Rush. It's Super Wild Card Weekend. It's me. It's Propo. Cameo appearances from ChatGPT and Ben Isaacs as well. Let's get straight down to business. Propo, good to see you. Super Wild Card Weekend. Never forget the Super Kids. How are you feeling about this? Yeah, I'm feeling good. It's it almost feels uh, a little bit sort of under the radar Super Wild Card weekend, doesn't it? Because of the news that broke yesterday, because of two of the mm. greatest coaches the game's ever seen decided to both leave their respective teams that they've dominated at again for the past two decades for in the same hour, it almost feels like people don't really seem to care about Super Wild Card weekend, or at least it's on the back burner for a little bit. Everyone's kind of forgotten about that, and it's all about Belichick, it's all about Saban, and it's all about, and I think it should be even just as much about Pete Carroll, realistically, which again yeah. has gone probably a little bit under the radar because of Belichick and because of Saban. It's been an incredibly wild week. Obviously, we did the super emergency podcast last night, Mike and Ben doing it till the early hours of the morning, um, which was excellent. Go and check that out if you haven't heard it. But it just feels like suddenly, like now we've got this really important weekend and one of the most open weekends of playoff football that I can remember. Yet no one's really talking about it because it's all Belichick, it's all Saban, and even like working the main stream media over here for like talk sport people aren't going to be building up to wildcard weekend anymore everyone's just going to be talking about the legacy of bill belichick comparing him to fergie at united and just sort of yeah. laying on the significance of this moment in terms of nfl history i um i i i hear you. i got a message i was at the airport i was flying yesterday i got a message from one of the producers at talk sports saying actually no it was from it was from hugh wisencroft of course friend of the show hugh wisencroft who messaged saying can you come on kickoff uh tonight his show kickoff tonight to um and i figured he just wanted like a wild card sorry a super wild card weekend preview uh and he and he said talk about belichick and i looked at my phone what because <laughs> the news had broken about four minutes earlier and i was at the airport i hadn't seen it um unbelievable like you said uh ben iron mike that is in the vault go check that out they really deep dive into that as they talk the boys talk about on the show Iron mike of course as a college 
uh, a college associate of Belichick back in the Wesleyan days. So uh, knows him better than most. Incidentally, do you reckon Carlson and Belichick ever hung out at a bar? Just um, late night drinking. If they if they did, we would have definitely heard about it endlessly and Belichick <laughs> definitely would have forgotten about it. So I can pretty much guarantee that it didn't happen. I love the way Carlson got in his story about when Nat and I were in Foxborough in 2007 and Belichick never gives one-on-one interviews, but, he gave, but to be fair, he did. He nailed it. Um, so that is a great listen. Go check that out in the box. So Propo and I are not going to add any more to that. We are going to, to Propo's point, redress the balance a bit because we've got a three-day slammer of uh, football. And I. everyone says the divisional round's their favorite weekend of football in the year. I think, for me, it's the it's wildcard weekend, particularly this year because, and this was a point that Mike and I were getting into uh, on the Monday show. That's in the vault as well. I think, oh, this is the most open wildcard weekend I can think of in so far as there is a, a shot for every team. Some, of course, some games are a little bit more clear-cut than others, but... It wouldn't surprise me at all seeing so many different permutations of teams rolling through into the divisional round, which I guess is representative, symptomatic of the season as a whole. The Ravens, particularly because of their form and timing things right at the moment and, and a brilliant December that they've had, obviously go into the dance as clearly that the number one overall seed, they're obviously the number one seed in the, in the AFC and the 49ers, let's not overreact to that one defeat their heavyweights they are deservedly the number one seed in the nfc so there is a bit of daylight between those two and everybody else but they're also both beatable on their day they're fallible on their day i wrote a piece for the times this week looking at the fallibilities of all teams uh and strengths and weaknesses we'll put that we'll get that plug in and we'll put that in the link so yes they're the top seeds for a reason but they're not light years ahead and everybody else pretty much you could make a case for progressing certainly from the wild card round. That's the way I'm reading this. What's your take on it? Do you think I'm overstating the issue for, for teams like the Steelers, for example, are probably the, the least likely to get through, but even then I can see kind of cold weather. They can get the ball, mm. you know, run the ball, start to gash them on the ground a little bit. You know, anything's possible if they can keep it tight. Yeah, I think the only issue with the Steelers game, that's the only one I would potentially write off and TJ obviously Watt. put an asterisk. TJ Watt, yeah. I mean, I've got the stat in front of me. Steelers are 18 and 9 over the last two seasons, straight up and against the spread with TJ TJ Watt, and they're one and six straight up without him. So it Oh, how did it change the difference. line when it was confirmed he was out? How what three what points? Changed? It went from three seven points. and a half to ten and a half. Three oh, points, which is a how lot. How many defensive players, Watt. yeah, would change a line that much, do you think? Yeah, what, I think half a dozen. Half a dozen, maybe less than that. I think it probably is just sort of TJ Watt, maybe Miles Garrett to a certain extent as well. Yeah. But I can't even imagine Brian because Donald. of how str strong they are around Miles um, Garrett on that Browns team. I don't even know if you would have that big of a big of an impact. But TJ Watt, but he's the leader, isn't he? TJ Watt, he wins games for them. He's one of those few defensive players who will make that clutch play in the last minutes of the game to take the game away. Like we saw Aaron Donald doing the Super Bowl a couple of years ago mm. against the Cincinnati Bengals. TJ Watt is that kind of player. I, I do agree with you to a certain extent. I think outside of the Steelers, I think you can make an argument for pretty much every underdog going into this weekend. I think certain things have gone against certain underdogs. I think the Dolphins being one of them, considering the situation that they're going into with all the injuries that they have. Well, I guess um, weather's kind of leveling that up a little bit, right? At least it's making that will make it a fairer fight. Do we think? So do just you think? A, a crazy... Crazy weather expected at Arrowhead. But do you think that makes it a fairer fight? I mean, the narrative that I'm hearing um, pretty much from everyone is because they're from Miami and because Tua played in Alabama, 
they're not used to the cold, that this team isn't used to the cold and they're going to be, they're going to struggle. I think Tua's only played sort of two games in severe cold and one he did all right, I think in Buffalo and then the other one he completely shut the bed. So I'm not 100% sure whether this is actually benefiting them I guess or not. the counter to that is, uh, and then maybe this just level out, but I think the way both teams' offenses are, are playing mm-hmm. and obviously the Finns because of, running because the ball. of injuries, yeah, they're going to, you know, running the ball. I think if Mostert's back, Certainly, A-Chain is, is right now the most effective on- offensive player that the Finns have um, because the absence of Waddle changes the dynamic with Hill. I mean, he's still obviously heavyweight, unbelievable player, but I think they were looking at running the ball a lot anyway, right? And conversely, Pacheco, I think, is the standout player right now in this in this Chiefs offense. I love Pacheco. So I think this could be... I think it will be, right? A good old-fashioned ground game. But yeah. The only thing I'd say about that is that there isn't... Buffalo-Pittsburgh is going to be, I think, more impacted in terms of the passing game because of the level of, like, the wind. The wind in Kansas Kansas City isn't meant to be severe, Mm. which means the passing game, like the long passes, shouldn't necessarily be as affected. It's just pretty much how cold your hands are going to be. But the Kansas City Chiefs, (laughs) their pitch is heated. Mahomes obviously played in temperatures similar to this several times, maybe not as severe, severe as this. But at the same time, I don't think it's necessarily going to impact the passing game as much as people think. But at the same time, it will impact... I guess just the level of play, the the technical aspects to everything, and also I think I think that game, whether it was whether or not, was always going to be completely reliant on whether or not Miami were able to get the run going. I think in terms of yards uh, allowed, yards per game allowed on the run get on on the ground, the Kansas City Chiefs. I think they ranked twenty eighth in the NFL, so that is a uh, so that is a huge one. If Mostert and H N can get going, then I think that would be the key to the Dolphins potentially winning that game. Just on <clears> Mostert and and Waddle. Because obviously, Waddle's huge as well. Critical pieces of this one. They're both training, but they're both listed as questionable. I think they'll both suit up, and I think yeah. I think with everything on the line, they'll be in the mix. Whether Mostert will probably be able, given given everything, to contribute more. You know, you'd hope Waddle's good to go, and whatever they do, uh, James Wood style in that in that locker room to shoot him up to get him ready. He he might be able to play through it, but you'd expect because it's an ankle injury as well. You'd expect that limit it'll be limited. Waddle will see if he does play. Most on the other hand can complement and spell more readily with a chain. So yeah, it, uh, the two point is a great one. Do you how much do you buy into that? The limitation of experience in and it's extreme weather. You're right. Maybe it won't be as gale force wind as uh, as other places, but I mean, frozen tundra vibes. I mean, oh, I played on Sunday um, mm-hmm. and it was probably back in minus two when I was playing and I I couldn't feel my hands no. after about four minutes. I'm wearing keeper gloves. <laughs> so, yeah. Can you imagine trying to catch a ball at minus 18 or whatever the hell it's going to be? I don't even want to walk to the gym in this weather. <laughs> and, it's nowhere, and it's nowhere near as cold as it will be in Kansas this weekend. But obviously, and I was listening to someone saying, like, even as a fan, when you go to this game, you're like freezing and you're like, how on earth are they actually playing football? How on earth are they executing at such a high level in these situations? I do think it's going to impact Tua. There's a lot of people saying that it'll impact sort of like how far he can throw the ball and all of those kind of things. And it'll affect the deep pass, which I'm not necessarily sure I'm buying into too much. But I think it it is going to have a big impact. But ultimately... A lot of the focus has been on the weather building up to this, which is hilarious because I just love the fact that all NFL analysts, including me and you right now, are just becoming weathermen and just discussing how weather is going to impact a human being. Like, how on earth can we predict that? But I think the one thing that we can predict is that the Miami Dolphins defense has just 
can be so massively affected by these injuries without this pass rush, without obviously having the likes of Phillips and Chubb make such a big impact, especially going up against his Kansas City Chiefs team, going up against Patrick Mahomes. And as much as they are getting pressure from the interior, and obviously they still have Jalen Ramsey, who I think should they should just lock up Rashi Rice. I think with the way that Travis Kelsey's been playing this season, he hasn't been necessarily at his best. He doesn't look as dynamic. He doesn't look as quick. I think they can allow Travis Kelsey to have a bit more success. Whereas like last season, I think he would have been the person you'd just say, get rid of him. If it was Belichick, you know, just get rid of the major playmaker, just get rid of Travis Kelsey. I don't think that's necessarily the case right now. And that's why I would actually lean towards some over props for Travis Kelsey in this game. Mm. I think you just need to eradicate that big play for the Kansas City Chiefs. And I think the only person who can really do that for you at this moment of time is Rasheed Rice. So I think if mm. you just put Jalen Ramsey on Rasheed Rice, which I think they will do, take him out of the game because Ramsey's been stellar all season long. Try and force Marcus Valdez-Scantling to have to make some plays, try and force Kadarius Tony to try and have to make some plays because these are the players who are under pressure. They're the lights are on them right now because everyone's saying they can't catch a ball. And we could be wrong and they could go off and Valdez-Scantling could catch two deep passes, have 120 yards on two targets and everyone can be like, okay, the Kansas City Chiefs are back. But at the same time, like I think if you're the Dolphins and I think you're going into this game, you want to force either sort of they're really good at stopping the run, the Dolphins. So you want to force them to put the, the ball in Pacheco's hands as well. If they can stop him, then you force them to go to sort of short passes to Travis Kelsey. And then if they have to, they have to go to Vada Scanning. They have to go to Kadarius Tony. They have to go to Justin Watson, which I think is exactly what the Dolphins will try and do. Because I mean, the, the Kansas City Chiefs offense, just because they've had a week off, I don't think it's going to be completely fixed. It's been broken pretty much mm. all season, um, as has been discussed endlessly in the media. And it's going to be, it's going to be a, it's going to be a fascinating game. And it's just, I love the way all the Americans are just moaning about how it's on Peacock. Yeah, that's all you know they care that? about. That's all they care about. Um, you know, I the, the argument about the Chiefs, bringing this back to the, the, the main narrative of most teams in the dance could mount a deep playoff run. And, and, and I guess then anything is possible. And what I mean by that is if you take a, a, an obviously flawed iteration of a Reed Mahomes Chiefs team that we've seen this season, in the same way that the Bills have gained momentum at the tail end of the regular season going into the playoffs, that again, they're a flawed team, but they have those knockout punches. I, in the times piece I was I was uh, plugging early doors, I was comparing and contrasting with a boxer like Deontay Wilder, and maybe not Deontay Wilder now, because I think he's probably jumped the shark, but Wilder would often go up against a technically less proficient boxer but have that have that knockout punch added at a particular caliber of knockout punch as well and i know there's more to his his game than that but you, you get my point and i think that teams like the chiefs certainly the the bills as well are going into this tournament like that they get through it i mean if the chiefs get through this they're two games away from from the super bowl and the upside is is apparent Kadarius tony valdez scantling these players who clearly have woefully underperformed and are wildly erratic it doesn't matter if they're inconsistent for much of the time if they hit the ceilings we know they can hit at the right time. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I feel we've talked about this a lot, that Reed and Mahomes, both of them in their own respective ways, have the ability to innovate and improvise when there isn't fluency, right? There, there were only, it's certainly from a quarterback perspective, only a handful of quarterbacks that could, great quarterbacks that can do that, right? And Mahomes is one of them. So, yeah, I, I think the Chiefs are being written off way too soon. And that's not to say, oh, I think the Chiefs are a serious side this year. If the Chiefs made the Super Bowl, I wouldn't be surprised, though. I, re I really no. wouldn't. Um, no, I don't think you could. Anyone would be surprised just 
purely based off Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. And we were discussing the exciting thing about this game and why I've been sort of going back and forth on the total. The total, interestingly, hasn't come down as much as you'd think. It did open at 47 and a half, which yeah. just immediately came down because all the professional betters were like, are you joking? Like the Dolphins have failed to put up like more than 23 points in the past three games going up against good defenses. The Kansas City Chiefs can barely score in the second half alone. So that immediately got bet down to 44. And surprisingly, because of the narrative surrounding the weather, it's actually only gone down to 43 and a half since then. And I did instinctively think I'm going to bet the under here. The Kansas City Chiefs, everyone still thinks that they're this over team. They really aren't. They're a defensive first team. That's what they are. And that is they could easily now, with the way this defense is playing, they're second in sacks. Chris Jones got 10 and a half sacks from the interior, which is basically like, I think someone tweeted 20 sacks from the edge. Essentially, yeah, that's what yeah, that equates sure. to because that's how impressive it is. George Karloftis has been incredible at generating pressure for this Kansas City Chiefs team. Legereus Sneed has been easily one of the best cornerbacks in the country by, by a country mile at, at this moment in time as well. So he should have success sort of stopping Tyreek Hill as well. This this team could easily get to the Super Bowl just based on their defense. If they go out, say they manage to stop Tua this week in these adverse conditions, then they go in next week against Josh Allen, who's been turning the ball left over yeah. left, right and center. This yeah. defense could get them to the Super Bowl alone. Mm-hmm. And then when you add Patrick Mahomes and you add Andy Reid, who, let's be honest, would definitely have saved some things for the playoffs, you get a great recipe for, for what could be another Kansas City Chiefs run and as much as I don't necessarily want to see it just because I've seen the Kansas City Chiefs now in two out of three Super Bowls I've been to which is an unbelievably selfish and poor me get the tiny violin out reason I would like to see we we discussed it earlier I want to see like a a Miami Dolphins in there I want to see a Baltimore Ravens I want to see a Buffalo Bills just to see Cleveland Rams oh the Cleveland Browns yeah I would love to just anyone else apart from as much as I love Mahomes and I love Andy Reid despite Mm. being a Cincinnati Bengals fan I would love to see someone else in there, but you're right. There is no reason why this Kansas City Chiefs team can't go back to the dance one more time just because their defense is elite and yeah. they've still got, I think, the best quarterback in the game and one of the best coaches in the game. Last thing on this, because we got to whiz through the other games as well. Uh, and I'm guessing I'm not taking any action on this. Are you going near it? Are you going to? Um, I took the, I will probably, if this number keeps going under. up, it's gone up to four and a half. I'll, I'll take probably the under at 44. I'm I'm, yeah. I'm a little bit hesitant on it. I'm kind of hoping that people are going to bet it close to the game and put the number up a little bit further. And then I might get in on it. If the number keeps going up on Miami, I'm going to have to take the Dolphins here. The, yeah. the, the run game is, is the biggest yeah sort of the biggest factor here for me. If you've got Moss that fit and you've got A-Chain yeah. rolling, going up yeah. against this Chiefs defense that, that does struggle stopping the run, I think I'm going to have to take the Dolphins because the Kansas City Chiefs are just not a good enough offense at this moment in time to be blowing teams out, especially not the Dolphins. Uh, the other thing I want to say regarding this is, and the cold weather, just a couple of things. This is who, Palm, the Palm Beach Post. I know you're a big fan. Um, I think I was interviewed by the Palm Beach Post once <laughs> when Miami came over. I think I'll try and dig that out. Um just a, a couple of great, great quotes here. Firstly, uh, Tua, uh, they talk about Tua uh, had played a cold uh, weather game before. Um, and sorry, let me just dig this out. Where was it? Yeah, OK. Uh, Tua said he once played in a high school all-star game in Seattle where it was 15 to 20 degrees. It was raining. It was bad, Tua recalled. It was at night, too. It was very windy, terrible. No heaters on the sideline. High school game, terrible. All you have is everybody under one blanket and the blanket is wet. I think it's going to be a little bit different to to Arrowhead uh, on Saturday night. Um, But the other, I guess, contrasting point, Austin Jackson quoted in this article, uh, and you're one of your top 10 favoritely named tight ends, Durham Smythe, Mm -hmm. both referencing the fact that a lot of the Finns 
have played in Coldplay from all over the country. They're used to it, right? So let's just not over-obsess no. about because they're based in Miami. They're not all from Miami. Yeah, it's true. Probably kind of used to used to those conditions or as much as much of the Chiefs are. Um, okay. A couple of prop bets I'll, I'll throw in there as well yeah, just, yeah, for, just for this game. Also, as I do like Travis Kelsey over five and a half receptions. I've already mentioned that reason. I think the Dolphins will try and take away Rushy Rice with the explosive plays. The Dolphins have struggled against tight ends this season specifically, which has otherwise been a pretty strong defense. That seems to be those short passes over the middle seem to be their weakness. And Travis Kelsey, this is the best value you're ever going to get on him considering how weak he has been in the latter stages of the season. So I'll take over five and a half receptions for Travis Kelsey. And the other one is the one thing that we always see, and he's actually been running a lot more than we've seen in recent regular seasons just because he's had to because he's had more drop passes than any other quarterback in the league I like Patrick Mahomes over 28 and a half rushing yards I think when Mm. it comes to the playoffs he knows that he'll just do whatever it takes to get that first down he'll do whatever it takes to get in that end zone so I will take over 28 and a half rushing yards especially with sort of the deficiencies on this offense I think Mahomes is going to think I'm going to have to do this myself yeah, love that. Love that propo. I'm going to get on those props for sure. Right. Where should we go next? Let's look at go Texans on, you Browns. Want to, you want to get Texans Browns. Okay. Yeah. I think let's do Texans Browns because I just think it's such a fascinating matchup. Right. Um, so the Browns are two point favorites on the road, right? Is this the line stayed at two? Is that where it stayed is? Stayed at okay. two. It's gone up. Oh, it's gone up to three. And then as soon as it gets to three, people are hammering it down. And then it gets yeah. to two. People come back in on the Browns. It's one of those numbers which is just going to keep going up and down, up and down. Here's a stat for you, Nat. I'll be intrigued to see what you uh, think about this. QBs making their first playoff start yeah, versus QBs who have playoff experience are 17-35-1 against the spread. So that is in favor of Joe Flacco. On top of that, Joe Flacco is 5-0 against the spread in the wild card round of the playoffs. Joe Flacco. Here's the thing. Two of the most feel-good stories of the season, right? You've got what, 16 years, I think, between them, something like that. So incredible, incredible that the playoffs have, and the football gods have thrown them together in the first round. Flacco was was done. He was gone. He was out of the game, comes back, doesn't just stumble around and let the defense do all the work and the ground game do all the work. And he's playing well. Like he's a, he's in elevated this mm-hmm. Brown side from already a team that everybody was thinking about as a contender because of that defense and because... Uh, obviously no Nick Chubb, but because of the other talent uh, on the offense, but has, I think, moved them from a six and a half, seven out of 10. Yeah, they make the playoffs to a, a bona fide, albeit sleeper contender. It doesn't feel that there's enough buzz about the Browns. And and maybe it's because there is a fear that this Flacco fairy tale will, will unravel. He was never a player, really. Obviously, every quarterback, even the all-time greats, have a couple of nightmare games in their locker, but he was, he was never a player that was as boom or bust to say a Favre or, you know, or latterly a Baker kind of player. Right. And so it doesn't stand to reason that anything's going to particularly change. Obviously the stakes are higher. Obviously the caliber of defense he's going up against consistently now is, is going to be improved. And I think that is, um, that is perhaps one of the things you've got to look at the opponents Flacco's been beating with the Browns and then their respective defenses. But You've got this brilliant comeback story from Flacco. And of course, one of the greatest rookie quarterback seasons of all time. So does the latter point of maybe negate your stat a little bit that, yeah, we get it. Rookie quarterbacks in the playoffs, usually because if they're a rookie quarterback in the playoffs, there has been uh, either a a kind of parachuted into a, a better situation, but 
they're still pretty raw because they've come in mid-season from injury or something like that. Or uh, it is like the Texans this season, nobody saw them coming and here they are uh, surprising everybody. But Stroud is not your average everyday rookie quarterback, right? So is he exactly in a position to buck that trend, play fearlessly? It doesn't matter. It's like he's been playing for years. I think uh, that does negate that stat that I've just mentioned there. I think you're correct to point that out. But then I'm going to negate your negate. Um, nice. Double negate. Double and, negative. Yeah, double negative. And go, the only issue that CJ Stroud now has is going up against the best defense in the NFL. He's potentially yeah. going up against the best defensive player in the NFL. And when we've seen Stroud go up against top defenses, we saw against the Ravens, that's when he struggled. That's when he has been unable to put up points. When you do put that much pressure on him, that is when he is going to struggle. And obviously, I think this game would have been even more intriguing if he had Tank Dell, if Noah Brown was going to be healthy. He though, Having those two pieces taken away from him is massive because, of yes, it Nico Collins has overperformed significantly in their absence, but at the same time, having those several different options going up against one of the best secondaries in the NFL, if not the best secondary, is always going to be massive. Can I that list being... the stats? Can I list the numbers? Yeah. All right. So the Browns, and this is uh, the asterisk being that the final season, uh, final game of the regular season, they rested their starters, right? So obviously this this has slightly skewed the, the the final reckoning, right? But going into that game, with so the Browns starters defensively, the number one in the following categories, total yards per game, yards yeah. per play, passing yards per game, third down conversion percentage, three and out percentage, defensive success rate, Percentage of opposing drives ending in punts, which, by the way, is over 50% mm-hmm. of the opposition's drive, 50.5. Uh, percentage of op- opposing drives ending in points, any points. <laughs> and something called splash plays, the Athletic Report, this, although it's a pro uh, PFF, pro football focus stat, it basically adds sacks, tackles for loss, forced fumbles, third and fourth down stops, and other significant plays. So it's like the kind of elite, elite co- a collection of elite game-changing or significant plays in one category, they're the number one defense in the NFL for that as well. So you're spot on. They are the very, very best. I'm reading between the lines a little bit here. Are the Browns your Drew Lock of the Week? No, they're not quite my Drew Lock of the Week. The only reason for that is, and this is actually another, I might even, we might go triple negative here, Nat. Oh my God. What happens then? Because double yeah. negatives are I have here. no idea, but it's all it's all kicking off here on the next okay. show right now. Edge Rush yeah. with Fitzdez. I mean, it's very um, exciting. It's maybe yeah, that's it's... what Belichick and Carlson used to talk about at the bar late night at Wednesday. <laughs> double, <laughs> what happens when a double negative goes yeah. to a triple negative? <laughs> um, listen to this. So all those yeah. stats you just mentioned, and then, but listen to this one. Obviously the Cleveland Browns going on the road to Houston. They're going in a dome, very different to playing in Cleveland. Mm. At home in nine games... The Cleveland Browns have allowed 125 points. That's 13.9 a game. That's the lowest in the NFL. On the road in eight games, they've allowed 237 points. That's an average of 29.6, and that's tied highest in the NFL. <laughs> wow, they're like the Cowboys, the inverse of the Cowboys' defense offense, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, so, I mean, there's something to read into that there. I, obviously, it's a completely different situation for a quarterback going into Cleveland, usually going into cold temperatures, which kind of feeds into exactly what this defense is all about, yeah. especially with Miles Garrett. But at the same time, I will still be sticking with the Browns, I think, as long as this number stays at two slash below three. I think the reason for this is if, and this is... What Joe Flacco has done to this offense is so significant going into this game. We saw it when these two teams played in week 16, when Mario mm. Cooper had, what, 262 yards and two touchdowns. But the Houston Texans defense relies significantly on stopping the run. That's what they're best at, is taking away the ground game, which it, before Joe Flacco came to this team was pretty much all 
the Browns had, even losing Nick Chubb, relying on Jerome Ford because Deshaun Watson, because DTR weren't necessarily the best at passing the ball. Whereas Joe Flacco is just, he's going complete, held to the leather, just throwing the ball up as much as he can. He's getting Amari Cooper, endless amounts of yards. He's brought David Njoku into becoming one of the elite tight ends in the NFL. Elijah Moore in the slot is having so much more success since Joe Flacco came into this. And we saw it in that game. The, the Houston Texans secondary does struggle, especially going up against elite wide receivers like Amari Cooper. Flacco's had five straight games with two plus touchdowns. He's had four straight 300 yard passing games. He is going to throw the ball on this Houston Texans team. And I just think that as much as I've just done the discrepancy there in what this Browns defense does on the road compared to at home, I just think that there's Miles Garrett, as as we always say, Nat, when the lights are bright, the stars will shine. And shine I, don't think that we're, yeah. I don't think we're going to see the playoffs this season after the season he's had not being significantly impacted by Miles Garrett. Not, I think that he's going to have a big say in this game. I think he's going to put a lot of pressure on CJ Stroud. And yes, I think Nico Collins could go off. I think Dalton Schultz could have a big game mm. for the Texans. But I think that Miles Garrett's going to do enough to potentially cause CJ Stroud to turn the ball over, cause him enough problems that the Browns will be able to come away with the victory in Houston in this game. And it's it's unbelievable that I'm backing Joe Flacco on the road in the Super Wildcard weekend in oh, it's, 2024. It's, you know, I, I, but it's we happening. just flash back to week four of the season. <laughs> and I just played a little snapshot of you saying that now. You'd think we'd been, uh, we'd been drinking the Kool-Aid. I'm just trying to look at crazy playoff permutations, right? And this, again, I don't want to stuck record it up, gang, but I love the fact that I just feel this this... This playoffs could go any which way, basically. So let's just say if the Finns beat the Chiefs, right? And and I know this is a big if, but the Steelers beat the Bills. So that takes out. So what what does that mean? Does that mean that the that mean it will be it will be Ravens Steelers, Ravens Steelers, and then it will be Finns Cleveland in Cleveland. Yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> do you not think that we do want as much as I, I agree with you to a certain extent we do next week is surely perfectly set up for the Chiefs to go to Buffalo and the Browns to go to Baltimore like that is just one hell of a divisional round the logic prevails the right and I love the Browns here I the reason I asked you about the Drew lot because I've got two picks that I'm going to flip between and make my call the Browns covering is one of them is so it? the Browns as long as it stays under three the Browns covering on the road is one of those picks the other one we'll come to in a minute because it's also the same game that Benny from the block has picked Ben Isaacs in the house via, has he voice noted us or has he just told you what the pick just is? just told me. He's just told you what it is. I mean, lazy. Just the fact he did a 60 minute emergency pod with Mike yesterday, not as damning. Okay. Well, okay. Let's go there next. So are you taking any actually? You're leaning Browns. Are you taking anything else here? So I'm leaning uh, the Cleveland Browns in this. I'll probably, it's tough. The total I'm probably going to stay away from just because of the yeah. Joe Flacco factor. I'd be all over the under in this if it wasn't Joe Flacco playing. But because he is, I'm leaning towards the under just because of how explosive he has been for this team, whether it be turning the ball over or throwing those deep passes to Amari Cooper. In terms of prop bets, I'm probably going to look at the Amari Cooper over. I just don't think the Texans have anyone who can stop him in this game. And I'm probably going to take the David and Joku over as well in terms of receiving yards. I can see Flacco throwing the ball as much as possible going up against this secondary. And I think that we're going to see Njoku and Amari Cooper like they did in that last game, having big games. I probably like as well, while we're talking about it, I'll probably go for a little touchdown accumulator. If we're going to go mm. on to Green Bay versus um, Dallas Cowboys, I'll probably take Travis Kelsey to score a touchdown against the Miami Dolphins. I'll take um, David and Joku to score a touchdown for the Browns against the Texans and I will take Jake Ferguson to score a touchdown against the Green Bay Packers for the Dallas Cowboys being his second best target this year Dak Prescott and I think that Green Bay Packers as much as they've been decent 
against running backs in the passing game, not necessarily the best against wide receivers, but where they have struggled against tight ends. I think this could be a big weekend for tight ends. And you know, I love my tight ends now. You do. I'm trying to think which tight end you can, when we get to Vegas, we're going to be there for for the Super Bowl. Uh, very excited about that. Proper, you're going to get there a bit earlier than me uh, this time. So you're going to be on Radio Row. You're going to be able to shout out on Radio Row to uh, a various players, ideally a tight end that will pay no attention to you at all. Framing the question I'm about to ask you in that context, what Super Bowl matchup right now would you most like to see? Uh, so it's, it's a really good question. I think the best, I think realistically what we deserve personally, and this is actually going back to your original question before we just got, I mean, that's why it's such a good weekend. We just kind of, you, as soon as you got into it, we're going to get into it. I disagree with you to a certain extent. I think the 49ers and the Baltimore Ravens are comfortably the two best teams in the NFL right now. Yeah. That's what I, I think said. we, uh, no, I thought you said that, I thought you said that there was any, you could see anyone in the Super Bowl. I could see anyone in the Super Bowl, but I said there's, they're, they're demonstrably the deservedly the number one seeds, but I don't think the daylight between them and everyone else is as, um, I see. I, I think it is been, huge. I think been, it is huge. Oh, okay. I'm. I'm. I. I. I guess, and this goes back to the knockout, knockout sports component, right? Yeah. Of, of this whole jeopardy. Um. Yes, that's true. They are in terms of balance of roster, consistency of performance, elite playmakers, or demonstrably the best two teams in the NFL for sure. I don't think they are compared to other seasons and other teams that occupy that positioning dramatically far ahead of some of the others. I don't think, for example, the 49ers are dramatically uh, far ahead of say the Cowboys. Mm. They are, they are, but I'm not saying maybe compared to other seasons, but particularly on the day as well. And that because the Cowboys, I, I mean, the Cowboys are maybe the prototype, the individual blueprint of this season as a whole right they they're flawed they are they lurch in terms of wild inconsistency from one week oh my god the cowboys are finally super bowl contenders to cataclysmic shambolic defeat right and that's true of a, of a lot of teams now with the with the Finns, well they couldn't beat a winning team and then they got hit by injury the chiefs well there are all of these great um or a handful of the all-time greats there, but they're a pale shadow of what they used to be, and there isn't this rhythm at all. Um, the Bills, big defensive injuries, Josh Allen's becoming bad, Josh Allen, and being really, really fast and loose with the ball, but then suddenly they get their sweat. All of, these t- all of those three teams, as we've talked about already on the show, they've got, and I don't just mean a kind of punches chance, 50 to one shot, they could jammily land a right hook and and win the title. They have players that can shift into fifth gear. And and with knockout ball, that's what this is about. If if we see a championship round, which we expect the Ravens and the 49ers to be in, and obviously home field advantage will have a, a, a relatively significant factor, sure. So I'm not that they'll go in as favorites, whoever they're playing. But in that situation, most of these teams up against them in the championship round, I... I could see it as a pretty fair fight. And so therefore I don't think it's a, it's clear cut that they're going to cakewalk into the Super Bowl. No, I, my only uh, counter argument to that would be that last couple of seasons, it's felt like we've had more elite teams. I would consider the only two elite teams in the NFL right now, probably the Ravens and the 49ers. Whereas last season, I felt like you had the Chiefs, the Bills and the Bengals. You felt yeah. like it's could be, it could be any of those three. Those are the three yeah. elite teams in the AFC. And then in the NFC, it was the Eagles and the 49ers. Those are the two best rosters by country mile. And those are the two best teams. And if it wasn't for a Brock Purdy injury and then another injury in the NFC Championship game, we could have even had a classic 
in that one as well. I just don't feel like any of the teams that we're witnessing this weekend, I would put in that elite category. Hence why the Buffalo Bills, who have just scraped past the LA Chargers only like a couple of weeks ago and then scraped past. I've forgotten the other team that they just scraped past two weeks ago before they beat the Dolphins. Who are we talking about? Patriots. Buffalo oh, okay. Bills, when they scrape past, yeah, yeah, yeah. they scrape past the New England Patriots two weeks. Like, I just don't think I can necessarily, as much as everyone's saying they're the third best team in the NFL right now, consider them to be an elite NFL franchise. Whereas I just think the Ravens and the 49ers are the two teams that have proven it week in, week out. Yeah. That they are the two top teams in the I don't, think, I don't think there's anyone. Exclusive. I, I think you can, you can say that they are clearly the, the top two teams and deservedly so. But that doesn't mean that if you think about, I mean, I'm just, I was, as you were talking, that was what I said, which team we're talking about. Because I was looking at the the Falcons playoff, the the Falcons, of course, um, playoff run when the, the Patriots have gone 14 and two, right? And they actually, interestingly, in that season, in that Patriot season, they got blown out by the Bills, didn't they? Um, but they were, it was a really good Patriots side again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Falcons, I was just trying to remember where they were. It was, they were 10 and six back in the, in the 16 game season but that was enough for the number two seed in i mean there were the two seed in there but i don't think anybody would have called them an elite team right and they blew out the packers in the in the championship game destroyed them to get there and of course obviously (laughs) we're absolutely rolling in the super bowl and we all know what went down but the the falcons are are that kind of team right that they're that that kind of team where i think there are a number of the cowboys this year i'm not saying they're identical in terms of where their strengths are and weaknesses are. But the Cowboys, for me, are that kind of team in the NFC right mm. now. I it would not surprise me if they get to the championship game and and surprise and upset upset the odds. But look, okay, we, before we even talk about who gets the yeah. championship game, rather, let's talk about getting there. So Packers-Cowboys. You know what? Because we like quite a lot of action on this and Benny's Drew Lock is from this. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk Packers Cowboys. We'll pick up the rest of the action. We'll get our money line Trevor, which by the way landed last week, Propo. Nailed that. Um, and of course, uh Propo's uh, prop bets of the week if he hasn't already weaved through most of them. Uh the Peter Mampale and our DraftKings team of the week. That's coming up right after this. All right. So Propo, Cowboys Packers. Ben has had has been dining out all season long. Uh, is hot streak. What is Ben on now, by the way? He's on like, is it 14, two and one? I think, really including his me, college bets. I mean, that, how on earth that Bucks team covered against Carolina last week? I have no idea. He has had some extraordinary. So Hasn't he had? He's had two covers without a touchdown being scored backing against the Carolina Panthers, which is extraordinary, but he's made it all look a little bit too easy this season. I've got a feeling he might get bitten a little bit next. Week. I, I really hope so, because he got really cocky in the WhatsApp group this week, didn't he? Go, is he that did. good? Oh, that was so, so annoying. The other thing we should point out to, to the gang, oh, we've let Carlson into the WhatsApp group. Yeah, we have. I don't know if that was altogether a wise move, frankly. So far, he's behaving, though. He is behaving pretty well. And obviously it helped yesterday when we had to to produce the emergency podcast sort of last minute and get him going. And he was very helpful with that. But it's going to be the off season where he's constantly just messaging us sort oh, of random God. statistics from the 1930s about certain things and why he was proven right for a week <laughs> six take that he had this year. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Okay. But uh, Ben loves the the Cowboys in this spot because Ben is has made his name in terms of picks this year on basically backing heavy favorites, right? That's yeah. that's kind of Ben's shtick, um, but it's working. So if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And of course, the Cowboys are, are heavy favorites at home where they have been, as we touched upon earlier, formidable this season, very Jekyll and Hyde side this season 
the Cowboys against one of the most informed teams in the league right now, one of the most informed offenses in the league right now. The development of Jordan Love has been extraordinary, really. Second half of the season, 18 to 1 touchdown to interception ratio. Uh, that's since week 11. We talked about this on the show last week, how the ground game with Aaron Jones back is the best in show right now in the NFL. So this offense is absolutely rolling. Can it put up damage against the Cowboys, who, of course, love playing man, love statistically? This was interesting, actually, just pulling this out or um, via um, uh, NFL.com uh, and one of the breakdowns of the game here. So... Against man coverage, which, uh, you know, Dallas obviously a very man-heavy look. He has 19 touchdowns and one pick against man coverage this season, Jordan Love. Pretty strong, right? Looks like mm -hmm. that's a decent matchup. But against the same coverage, he's got, he's ranking last in the league, CPOE, minus 8.3%. So, I mean, there is, I mean, I'm trying to unpick that. How can you have so much success there, but then that statistic kind of comes and slaps you in the face. This is a very strong D with Dan Quinn that is ball hawkish, that is up against still basically a rookie, a young, untested quarterback. Is the Packers offense all going to continue to play in its groove or are they going to come a cropper against Dan Quinn and the Dallas D? I'm going to take a, th I'm going to take a point from Carlson here and I think it, the only... Um counter argument to potentially the Packers continuing at the rate that they've been going, which has been incredible with the way that Jordan Love has been playing is if we're a psychiatrist and we predict that he won't be able to handle the pressure of playing in Dallas in the playoffs in a standalone game. And he's not that he just, the lights are just simply too bright for him. As you said, he's essentially a rookie going into the situation. That statistic again applies to Jordan Love that I said. Quarterbacks in their first playoff game going up against experienced quarterbacks in the playoffs tend to come out stuck going against the spread as well as straight up. So if he, that's, that's the only possibility I see here of Jordan Love not being able to continue what he's been doing, which has been nothing short of sensational. The, what this offense was like in the first half of the season, where the way he was playing in the first half of the season compared to now, it's just chalk and cheese. There was a run of games between September and October where his quarterback rating was 66 against the uh, Saints, 69 against the Lions, 32 against the Raiders, 90 against the Broncos, 72 against the Vikings. We're now looking at his last... Okay, his last... He went had a quarterback rating of 125 against the Lions, 118 against the Chiefs. We've already talked about how great that passing defense is. 267 mm. yards, uh, three touchdowns, interceptions. A little bit of a drop-off against the Giants. Obviously, that game didn't go well for him, but that was all about Tommy DeVito in that game. And then you had the Bucks, 111 quarterback rating, 109 quarterback rating against the Panthers, who, yes, you may say the Panthers, but they actually had one of the better passing defenses in the NFL this season. The Vikings, who really, really developed into a great defense. He had a 125.3 quarterback rating against them. And then last week in a must-win game against the Chicago Bears, all the pressure on him realistically, everyone talking about Justin Fields, everyone talking about that offense, two touchdowns, 316 yards, 128.6 rating. And that was going up against an elite, an elite run defense in the Chicago Bears, which meant it was all on him. He also has a group of very young wide receivers that he's now getting the ball and he's getting the best out of. A lot of credit, and I said this last week to Matt LaFleur, I think he's an underrated call for... Uh, coach of the year for what he's been able to do with Jordan Love and with this young group. No pro bowlers, as I said, yet they're still performing at such a high level. I 
because I'm not a psychiatrist, shock, hot take. Just to clarify that, in case I think some listeners weren't sure. Exactly. I, yeah, I genuinely think that from what I've seen from Jordan Love, from what I've seen from this Green Bay Packers team over the last four weeks, I think people are underappreciating them going into this going into this playoffs. And I think that we could see an upset in this game. I, I, I know that Ben's big on the Cowboys and I know that Ben has been the truth when it's come to picks all season long. But if you're giving me plus seven and a half on the Green Bay Packers over a touchdown going to Dallas, and I know all the statistics about Dallas at home, but yeah. I just think that this is going to be a high scoring game. I think yeah. the Dallas defense is always slightly overrated because of their takeaways. Deron Bland yeah. is is the same as what we had with uh, Trayvon Diggs a couple of seasons ago where exactly. he gets so many takeaways, but realistically in coverage, he's actually not that good. Yeah, exactly right. And I think with Deron Bland here, and Jordan Love's been great when it came to when it comes to being under pressure, and obviously everyone's talking about this pass rush, but this pass rush has been banged up all season. It hasn't been as good as everyone kind of traditionally thinks. Everyone just thinks Micah Parsons, this pass rush is amazing. That isn't necessarily the truth. Jordan Love, I think, if he continues at the rate that he's been playing, he's he's caught fire. As you've said, Nat, mm. he's one of those players who people aren't necessarily seeing, but he has caught fire. And on his day, mm -hmm. I think he can tear apart pretty much any defense in this NFL from yeah. what we're seeing right now with this scheme, with the way that Matt LaFleur is coaching this team. And you're giving me over a touchdown in the playoffs going up against a Cowboys team, as you said, who is hot and cold as anyone. I know they're at home. I think I think the Cowboys are going to be able to put up points on this defense yeah. going up against Joe Barry. But I think more importantly, I think the Packers will be able to put up points. So I think yeah, this is going to be too. a high scoring game. I'm going to take the over uh, and I'm going to take the Packers plus seven and a half. I'm so glad you said that. I'll, I'm not sure I'm going to take the Packers seven, seven off as a tempting line. And you make a compelling case. But the over is the other pick. So for me, my shortlist for Drew Lock is the over in this game. I'm, and I'm probably leaning towards that more than the brands. Well, I'll make the call in a minute. I love the over for, for all the reasons that you've said. And I think they'll be able to 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 flex it. I, that You've nailed this Dallas D and it's maybe because it's Dallas, maybe because it's the type of uh, high profile, highlight real plays that the defense manages to bring out. But it's, you know what it's like, oh, I talk about this a lot. Um, we've talked about this a lot, actually. And I've talked about this a lot with with my boys. When you're playing five, six aside football, right? I come out of a game and I think as a keeper, I haven't had that good a game, but because I've just had to make a lot of saves, they're just very noticeable. And I know deep down, really have a good game. I should have saved that. That shouldn't have gone in. But other players who don't really, who just see that kind of highlight reel stuff like, oh, wow, you absolutely smashed it when you didn't. That's the Dallas Cowboys. Basically what I'm doing right here, Roll, is comparing the Dallas Cowboys defense to my five-a-side playing prowess. And I'm going to go even more niche. I'm going to compare the Dallas Cowboys defense to Garth Crooks' BBC <laughs> sport, football team of the week. Because, you know, have you ever read Garth Crooks' team of the week? I mean, it's become one of my favorite readings because he basically doesn't, I don't think he actually watches any football. He just looks at who's scored. So he just basically puts down everyone who nice. scored a goal. So every defender who scored a goal, <laughs> even if he has to put four centre-backs in, he'll put them in there. Amazing. He literally, the only one he has to work out is a goalkeeper, but he'll just put a goalkeeper who got a clean sheet or who of made course. the most saves. Do you know what I mean? That's <laughs> yeah, what he'll yeah. do. He won't watch any of the football games. So it'll just be a list of goal scorers without actually seeing how well they're playing on that day. Love and it. I think that's the same with the Dallas Cowboys. I think everyone just sees the interceptions. Everyone sees the pick sixes and thinks, God, this, this team is elite. This defense is elite. What a job Dan Quinn's doing. And Dan Quinn is doing a great job. But at the same time, they can be exploited when it comes to the secondary. And I think when you see how well Reed is playing, when you see how well Dontavian Wicks is playing, all of these names are just coming out of nowhere for the Green yeah. Bay Packers. But Jordan Love is getting them the ball and they're making plays. And you've got to give credit to the Packers. But I think this game is going to be a little bit closer and I think there's going to be points in this. With you, I'm with you, I'm with you. All right. Uh, I'm going to call it right now because Ben's Drew Lock of the Week is the Cowboys covering. Mm -hmm. uh, you've just 
poured a lot of cold water on that, but um, I'm going to stay on this game. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know, but the thing is, is realistically, you should, in the same way that uh, it, if you were analysing a game, mm. realistically, you probably, and this is me saying this, as much as I, I'm pretty high on the Packers going into this one, probably should back Ben. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, hey, don't do yourself down, problem. Because where are you now in terms of your Drew Locks? We're we're both at five hundred, which we're is both 500. which is which is. I have to say, I'm very disappointed. Last week, mm. we haven't even discussed last week. We don't really have time to discuss last week. But I essentially got Arthur Smith fired. I mean, I'm surprised I didn't get fired. I, uh, I took the Falcons uh, in that game, which was looking yeah, so good. You might have got Arthur half. Smith but also, I did message the chat being like, I was not. I would not have taken it if it was Desmond Ritter. Yeah, I, would they, not, I did not know he was going to be playing. There should be a little bit like a challenge flag. You, you should be maybe allowed to retrospectively asterisk a couple of picks when something like that, at least one pick a season, you're allowed to bring that out and you just get a pass. And it's a push because in the moment, the I was in the studio and the moment that was announced and I saw you message it on the group and thought, oh, oh mate, no. that's, that's not happening. And well, it was like that first half as well. They were tied at the first half. It was 17 all but I was like I was like that's all Desmond Ridder's got he doesn't have anything else he's going to yeah. only throw interceptions now the only way we were going to cover that spread was if it was 17-0 yeah. when the Saints started that was the only way it was going to happen because I knew yeah. that he was going to throw an interception within minutes of starting the second half and he literally I've never seen a worse interception thrown in my entire life but uh, it was all made uh, justified by just that Arthur Smith rant at the end, which just really made me laugh when he just went up charging as if he was going to knock out Dennis Allen. I kind of wish he would yeah. have just like thrown at least a punch. That's the way to go out. That's the way to go out. Of, uh, I, I I totally agree with that. The so we're we're both five hundred. So okay, respectable. But Ben is the hot hand. Although, uh, what about ChatGPT? ChatGPT has uh, they took the Patriots last week. I think ChatGPT yeah. is genuinely in freefall right now. Tilting. So I think we're tilting, uh, yeah. tilting, okay. tilting. So I think uh, I think we might even just let ChatGPT be replaced by a cat at some point by Coco well, what, and Pebbles. Coco and Pebbles might replace ChatGPT. Maybe that's what we'll do next season if ChatGPT doesn't get it doesn't go over five hundred for the rest of ChatGPT. I don't think there's. I don't think ChatGPT has a possibility of going over five hundred. I think it's already fallen beneath four. Oh games God. Okay. Well, it looks like Coco and Pebbles could be up next season. What are we saying with ChatGPT's pick this week? Because um, while I'm working that hour, you tell me what game we're going to ask. I'm going to go back to ask ChatGPT. He doesn't like me very much, so I don't know if I'm going to get much change out of ChatGPT. Eagles, Tampa Bay, Buccaneers, I think. Okay. While I'm doing that, you tell everybody at home your Drew Lock of the Week. So my Drew Lock of the Week, and I'll break this I'll break this game down um, in depth because I, I, I'm so upset that this is the Sunday night football game. Not for any other reason than just because I won't be able to watch it because of my timings and because of my job. I'm going to have to go to bed early, but then it means I can't watch Cowboys Packers. I mean, I'm just so upset about the whole thing. I'm just going to have to completely reconstruct my whole sleeping pattern for this weekend because of how brilliant I think the Packers Cowboys game will be and how brilliant the Rams Lions game I think will be all of the narratives going into this obviously with Matthew Stafford with Jared Goff Sean McVay has yeah. come out and said that he he thinks that they should have treated Jared Goff differently they think they should have treated his exit differently and they didn't handle it well that's all good with hindsight considering they won a Super Bowl the year after that but all things considered I don't think I've seen, um, obviously, as you said, there's an argument to make for every single underdog going into this week. I don't think I've seen a bigger underdog play than the Rams. Everyone's on the Rams. I'm seeing Rams money line picked everywhere. I'm seeing Rams plus three picked everywhere. Rams plus three and a half was just bet down immediately. The over-unders at 51 and a half. 
Mm. I said to you last week that if we got this matchup and we did get this matchup, I'd be taking the Rams and the over. And I'm not changing my uh, I'm not changing my motivations here. I'm not changing my pick here. I'm going to stick with both of these things. I took the Rams at plus three and a half. It's like it slightly less at plus three, but I'd still take it. And I've taken the over at 51 and a half. The only asterisk to the over, I think, is how big of an issue Sam Laporta's injury is. It looks like he might play. He might suit up, but he's going to be nowhere near full fitness. And considering how weak the Rams are against tight ends, and because I think Sam Laporta, there's an argument to say that he's been the best tight end in football from a yeah. metric standpoint, from a yardage standpoint, from a touchdown standpoint. Losing him is so significant, but that only makes my play on the Rams a little bit sweeter. And that's why I like them. The Lions, and why I love the over, the Lions at home, seven of nine games have had 50 plus points. Against the Broncos, 59 points. Against the Bears, 57 points. Against the Panthers, 66 points. Against the Panthers, you had 66 points. All these teams have significantly worse offenses than the Rams. I think the motivation for both quarterbacks with the revenge, the atmosphere for Detroit, them all getting behind Jared Goff, the offensive weapons on display. We have Cooper Cup. We have one of the greatest rookie wide receivers in history of the NFL in Puka Nakua. You have Amon Ross and Brown having a record season. You have Jamar Gibbs. You have David Montgomery. Both teams passing defenses rank in the bottom half of the NFL. I think... This game is going to be the feature game of the weekend. I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be an absolute bloodbath when it comes to going Stafford to Goff, Stafford to Goff. The obvious fear that we have is that Goff just completely gets lost in the lights like we saw in that Super Bowl and he gets taken apart by this Rams defense and Aaron Donald. But I just don't necessarily see that happening. I don't think the Rams defense is as good as it has been in recent seasons, despite how well Aaron Donald's been playing. And I think that the Detroit Lions will be able to throw on them. I think Amon Rasson Brown will have a big game. I'm going to take Amon Rasson Brown over seven and a half receptions. He's had at least 100 receiving yards in 56% of his games this season. He finished the season ranked fifth in targets, third in red zone targets, second in receptions, and third in receiving yards. Since week 13, LA, they've only really utilized cover three or cover four, at least for the majority of their games. When St. Brown has that defense, he gets 30% of the target share, 37 percent of the first read share I think he's gonna have a huge game and the other one you mentioned him a couple of weeks ago I think if Sam Laporta doesn't play or if at least he is injured going into this one Jamison Williams over yeah. 36, 36 and a half receiving yards like I think those targets have to go somewhere and I think the market is underrating Williams's involvement in this offense and there's a good chance against this Rams defense as I said utilizes cover three that he could have at least just one catch that goes for say 56 yards and you've won your bet I think he could even I'll take it up to 70 75 receiving yards you can get that mm. alt line in any at Fitzstairs. And I think I'll take that out for about three to one because I think he could have a huge game in this one. And on the other side, Cooper Cup going up against his secondary, Puka Nakua going up against his secondary. Just take your pick. And with this offense, with Kyron Williams playing the way he is, arguably the best running back of the latter half of the season, I'm going to take my Drew Lockers the over. I will also be taking the Rams. I took them at plus three and a half. I'll take them at plus three just because I think this game is going to be a field goal game. I think it's going to be a classic. I think we'll be talking about it for years. I think the whole setup with Stafford, with Goff going into it is just, it's just and it's just box office NFL. It's why we love this game. It's why we love this sport. And I think this is just going to be one of those games which we'll be talking about for years. I cannot wait for it. It's one of the most exciting games I can remember for all of those reasons. Our friend Marek Larwood, longtime friend of the show, all pro Marek Larwood, who, of course, many of you will know, a diehard Lions fans, years of dysfunction, years of disappointment, uh, sent me a message uh, on Monday morning which simply read the worst potential nightmare of the Stafford trade is about to come true. (laughs) (laughs) Oh boy. And and you know what? I'm actually quite big on the lions in this spot. Are you? Yeah. For the reason you've just 
outlined very, very coherently and eloquently that it's going to be a shootout. And I, I fancy the Lions for no other reason than they are built on the principle of being written off. That's how they've got this far so far. Goff, uh, Campbell from the get-go. And you're right, everybody. And look, we called the Rams early on on this show as a as a sneaky playoff team. Rams and the Bucks are always going to, any opportunity we get to big ourselves up about that. Mm-hmm. And they both made it. And for all the reasons you said, it's a fascinating Rams side. One of the brilliant coaching jobs in recent memory from Sean McVay, no doubt about it. But this is what the Lions are all about. Everybody said they'd be a joke. Everybody said Campbell would last half a season and he was an unreconstructed old school drill sergeant joke. Jared Goff was a bridge quarterback that was going to be a year, two years at best. And he, okay, is not a, a top, top, top kick, tick order. He's playing the best football of his career. Uh, yeah, Laporte is a big problem, but I still, th- I think they'll get it done. Everybody, it's it's one of those situations though, where everybody is, on the is too sharp on the Rams. And yeah. I actually think that'll suck a punch in the Lions. But God, coin flip, coin flip kind of pick. But I'm going to go, I'm going to take a little bit of action just, just for... Just like for that. fun, and I and uh, and I want to back Marek as well. I want to. I want. I want the Lions to win it badly. So um, definitely looking at that. Hey, listen, ChatGPT has got in touch with us. By the way, you mentioned prop bets. Some more prop bets there. Uh, Fitstairs. You also mentioned them. Our friends. Uh, that is the best spot if you want a prop bet. If it's not listed, and Propo Propo talks about alternate prop bets, alternate lines. Just reach out to Fitstairs. Friendly crew at Fitstairs. Uh, live chat, or you can phone them and request a specific number and, and they'll give you a price on it. I mean, what's not to love about that? So Propo is filling his boots there, which is great. Um, right. Chat GPT. Oh, I've made progress with Chat GPT in, in, in the last couple of minutes. So I asked Chat GPT to predict Eagles Bucks. N- didn't want to know. And so I said, come on, take a guess for fun. Didn't want to know. I, I, I've obviously really offended Chat GPT. So I, so I changed tack a little bit. I said, oh, please GPT, please make a guess for fun. I won't be cross if it's wrong. That worked. Certainly, says ChatGPT. So here we go. You ready? The Eagles win in a close and thrilling game. Is ah. ChatGPT's pick. Um, do we think, seeing this, the line's three, shall I ask ChatGPT if they cover? Yeah, <laughs> they just a... say how many points will they win by. Uh, uh, okay. For this game, I'll probably be throwing in also a prop bet, I think. Oh, yeah, nice. It's interesting as well. It's just obviously both in both. There's so many injuries on this Philadelphia team. AJ Brown obviously didn't practice yesterday. Devontae Smith is banged up. Jalen Hurts is banged up with that finger as well. But then obviously on the other side, you've got Baker Mayfield, his ankle. How good is it going to be going into this? He said it's an absolute blessing. They're playing on the Monday night and he gets the extra two days rest. I think that so in with all of that considered and Tampa Bay, again, I'm going back to the tight end model. The Tampa Bay have really struggled against tight ends. Their secondary is so much weaker than their their run defense. And I think that Dallas Goddard will be the perfect remedy to the issues the Eagles have with those mm. short passes. He's basically a slot receiver for them. And Jalen Hurts is probably going to be unable to throw deep with his injured finger. So I think they're going to rely on Dallas Goddard getting those short gains. So mm. I'll take the Dallas Goddard over receptions. It's not out right now because of Jalen Hurts' injury, but I will take his over receptions. I'm worried about that Hurts injury, but I can't back Baker. We've that's obviously one of the the commandments of Edge Rush, so I can't back the Bucks here. However, maybe maybe that's uh, not something I should be unduly worried about because I've asked ChatGPT um, to make a, a guess on the points. This is what ChatGPT said: "All, how about the Eagles winning by a field goal in the final minutes of the game?" So it's a push. So they predicted a push. They're predicting ChatGPT is predicting a push. There you go. 
Do you think the line might drop to two and a half? I think it could go either way. I do think it, could, it depends on, it just completely depends on the injury news that comes out. If AJ Brown is playing, if Devontae Smith is healthy, if Baker Mayfield is fully healthy, those things are going to be critical going into this one when it comes to the line. I think that if you do get the full collection of Eagles players, I'll be tempted to take them. But I think yeah. realistically, you kind of have to take as much as you really don't want to do it with how banged up this Eagles team is, with how they've been playing, with how weak their secondary is. I think you have to, if it goes up to three and a half now, you've mm. probably got to take Tampa Bay. I can't though. I can't. You can. The gang at home can. I can't back Baker. We know this by now. All right. So let's recap then. Ollie's uh, Drew Lock of the Week is the Cowboys to cover. My Drew Lock of the Week is the over in the Packers Cowboys. Oh, your Drew Lock of the Week is the over in, in the Rams, Rams Detroit. Lions. Um, Yeah. You just said Ben's is the. Oh, Cowboys. sorry. What? So you yeah. said, sorry, our mind's the Cowboys, Ben's the Cowboys. My bad, sorry. Yeah. Ben, uh, Benny Benny from the block is the Cowboys to cover. Mine is the over in that, and Propos is the Rams-Lions uh, over in that game. What is our... What, do we do money line trebles in the playoffs? In the World Cup? I think we, we can, can do a money line treble in this one. I'll be honest with you. I'll be honest yeah. with you. Though. I don't know if you're going to lie. I think you've got to throw the bills in there. Just because yeah. I think that they're, they're, yeah, I would, yeah, I would personally oh, God, go... It's going to go wrong straight off the bat. Yeah. I would personally go Bills. Cowboys. Cowboys and Chiefs. Yeah, I'm, ooh, yeah, I'm happy with that. As opposed to Bills, Cowboys, Eagles. Ooh, yeah, hundred percent that. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. I mean, realistically, as, as you right. said, this is probably the this is probably the toughest week for in terms of a money line treble. I'll be honest with you, I will probably just as kind of like a teaser because I believe you get evens if you put them together. I'm probably going to put Kansas City and Buffalo just as a straight up double, just because okay. I think that those are the two teams I'm most confident they will win. Just Mahomes yeah. in critical situations in these kind of in these playoff games is just so so brilliant if he gets the mm. ball and he's got to win but I just don't know if they're going to cover the spread Buffalo the same they just don't seem to cover big spreads anymore mm. I don't think Josh Allen has covered a big spread since I think he's lost his last seven consecutive games against the spread as a double digit favorite so I just Ouch. don't know if this yeah. is necessarily the point to to take him in just because of how much he turns over the ball so but okay. I'll take the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs in a straight up double but yeah if you want a little bit of extra juice throw in the Cowboys because they're Ben's Drew Lock of the week so we should back him there Love that. Okay, uh, last but not least, you know what? We're going to do something different this week with our DraftKings team of the week because DraftKings, all through the season, and the link is in the show notes, you can head on over to our listening league. If you haven't joined already, it's free to enter, free to enter contest. You put a team in, and it's rolling all through the through the playoffs. There's a big contest coming out for the Super Bowl as well, I've got to let you know about, uh, in due course too. So go get involved with that. Go put a team, enter a team in. It's just the Sunday games this week. We've picked a team. We're going to release that on social. So we're going to push that out on social. So you have to follow us on all of the channels, any of the channels, I should say, uh, which is X, informally known as Twitter, Insta. We're on Facebook and uh, we're on TikTok. We're not going to put it out on TikTok. So we'll put it on those three channels. If you want to see our team of the week, that's the official team we're putting in. Any money we win uh, on in the DraftKings contest goes to charity. Uh, Shelter's our show charity of choice, of course. Our friends at USA Sports give away merch for their competition. There's a free to enter one where you can win cash for DraftKings. You don't have to spend any money if you don't want to. Just play for fun and you can win good stuff. And it's a lot of fun, particularly if your team's been knocked out of the of the dance as well. And you can just, and all oh, your fantasy season's ended. This is your way to get your fantasy fix. Uh, go through, uh, we're going through all through the playoffs up to the Super Bowl. So go get involved with that. And our DraftKings team, we're going to re release over on our social channels at the NC Show. Yeah, I think obviously with Peterman Parlay, I think we should just potentially pick with mm. the games we haven't necessarily spoken about. I will, what do you think about Buffalo Bills Steelers? Are you going to go, what do you want to take there? I mean, it's 10, isn't it? It's 10. Yeah. 
Could we, we do could, like a, what fit says are quite good do, though. They'll let us buy a point either side. Yeah. They'll let us buy a point either side. Could we do like an alt spread and do like a yeah. little because it's the playoffs? I reckon if we can we push like tease the, the Steelers up to 14. I was gonna go the other way. Oh, you're gonna, gonna go. <laughs> I was gonna go Bills six and a half. I think this is just one of those oh, yeah. games, isn't it? I just think yeah. that my fear is, is that the Buffalo haven't been able to blow out the last couple, and I think they've always got one in them. They want to flex, yeah. Even though the weather is the situation. So I think we could definitely put the let's definitely put the Browns minus two and a half. Yeah, okay. But the yeah, Browns minus two, yeah, because so, yeah. we're we we were both happy with that one. Should we yeah. say the should we say the Eagles minus two and a half as well? Oh God, okay. I know can it's the, not good, is it? With Peter Mappale, surely we're allowed just a double in the playoffs because there's much less games. Yeah, I th- I think take, let's take, go bold. Let's go yeah. bold. Let's go. Let's go. Eagles minus two and a half. Let's yeah. go. Uh, let's go. Browns minus two and a half, and let's yeah. go. Bills minus six and a half. Done. Done and done. done. Love it, cool. Propo. All right, that is it. Lock it in, gang. If you are going to have any action, Fitstairs, that's the place to do it. It's the only place to do it, quite frankly. Um, but of course, uh, if you do get involved with any of that, be responsible, gambleaware.org. Uh, and just like everything in life, moderation is usually the best bet. I'm going to be live on TalkSport on Sunday night. We're on air six o'clock. So join us. Uh, all, all of the playoff games, I think, are going to be over on TalkSport uh, oh, talk, talk, two over the weekend, uh, the TalkSport Network. Uh, so go get involved uh, with that. I'm going to be there. Uh, so tune in for that. Uh, and of course, we're going to be back on Monday with Iron Mike uh, to be picking over the bones of it all. Propo, fantastic work, my friend. Enjoy it. See you later, Nat. See you, mate. Podcast Network.